0: Thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding Business. This is episode 178, and I'm your host, Peter Lamont. Today we're going to be speaking with Mia Redrick, and it's a really exciting show, especially if you happen to be a mom out there and you want to understand a little bit more about balancing your life as a mom and um, opening new doors. Maybe you've thought about opening a business, starting a business, starting your own thing, and you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to juggle and balance the difficult tasks of being a mom with being an entrepreneur. And Mia is someone who has not only done it herself, but is very skilled at coaching and helping others get to that point where they are successful, both as a mom and as an entrepreneur. We're going to be talking to her today. We're very excited to have her. She is um, a a uh, the mom strategist. She's a mentor, an entrepreneur. She is the best-selling author, author of Time for Mommy. That's Mom Hyphen Me: Five Essential Strategies for a Mother's Self Care and Time for Mommy. Um, so she has been all over the media. She's been on shows, on um, uh, news programs and talk shows, and she's been consistently helping women build their confidence, their skill set, and be able to be a mom, be a great mom, and be a business owner and entrepreneur. So, Mia, thank you for being with us today, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: You know, being a mom is just such a challenging task, and I think that it's often one of the most overlooked, hardest jobs out there, and people don't often think of it as a job, And I think that a lot of moms get to the point where they just get so frustrated and and bogged down that any dream of being an entrepreneur or owning a business, they just goes right out the window because they can't even balance their home life. And I know that you've talked to a lot of people about how to fix that. And we're going to talk about that. But before we do, I'd like to know a little bit about your background and what drove you to where you are today, how you got to this position.
1: Thank you so much for that question because it's a really unique story and yet it's the story of so many women out there uh, my background was corporate training I used to work for Citibank for years as a trainer a professional trainer and I loved being a trainer I enjoyed it I, and then I started my family at 17 years ago I have three children and I loved being a mom and I remember thinking You know, if I could somehow combine my love of motherhood and my background as a professional trainer, I'd have the best work ever. And I just started to kind of play with that idea. I was one of those moms um, that people would stop me in the mall and and listen to how I was, you know, interacting with my kids and, and ask me for advice all the time. And I knew that I had something special in that mom space, um, but I didn't. it didn't have a name. I didn't know what coaching was. I didn't know what my mentorship was. And I didn't know that that was what I would be doing, you know, almost 13 years professionally coaching, you know, hundreds of women. Right. It literally was organically me just owning my gifts and understanding what my passion was, which was training, coming up with great content, and being able to deliver that type of content in a very clear and precise
0: way and deciding that
1: motherhood was the area which I was going to use my talents the most.
0: Now, at that point, you know, you, you have a full-time job, you're working, you're a mom, and at some point in your career, you decide, okay, now I'm going to take these gifts, these talents, and I'm going to go direct it and build my own brand, my own company. That's scary for people that are not moms, you know, just single individuals who are, are, you know, getting a paycheck every week. And now they're going to go out and throw everything away to start a business. How did you muster up the courage to do that? And what are some of the things that went through your mind when you were doing that?
1: Well, first of all, I wasn't sure what to do. So the very first thing that I did was I, I visited my small business resource center. Uh, to get some ideas about what this thing was that I wanted to do and to get some support around the ideas. And, Peter, what happened, because of what I wanted to do being so unconventional, uh, mom coaching, no one really knew what mom coaching was 13 years ago. Today, coaching, a lot of people know a lot more about parent coaching and mom coaching. But 13 years ago, it was not a word that was used. And I remember being laughed at in the Small Business Resource Center and coordinator told me he said you either need to go back to training or you need to start a training company and you know and that will work for you and And I remember feeling humiliated in his office because the idea was, I thought it was a great idea to be able to combine what I wanted to do and really be able to support mothers. But sometimes when people don't know what it is that you want to do, they discount your dream. And I think that's really important for those moms out there who want to use those soft skills that they have. And maybe no one else is out there, You, you know, doing what you want to do doesn't mean that it's impossible. This is what happened. I, I literally left that meeting with that coordinator, and that dream didn't go away from me. And I started, you know, just perusing Google, and I ran into a coach, right, stumbled upon this coach, who I reached out to. And at the time, she was the second highest paid business coach in the country, um, second to Cheryl Richardson, who had just appeared on, on the Oprah Winfrey show. And I asked her if she could support me, and she said she would. And I had one big problem, which is what most of us have, and it was money, it was investment in my business, and she said that she was charging a thousand dollars an hour for her advice, and i didn 't even know what I was going to be doing. so I actually contracted with her for nine months for a um, hundred dollars for ten minutes of her time. It was the best thing that I ever did in my life. It was, she showed me how to build my business, she helped me to understand the scope of what I was dealing with and, and a lot of the systems that I came to build was from that initial experience that, um, you know, an, an investment that I made.
0: Well, what's interesting there, and I think it goes for any entrepreneur, money seems to always be, unless you're one of those fortunate few, an issue and a hurdle, and oftentimes such a hurdle that you can't move forward. But... What you have shown us is that, you know, yes, there are financial hurdles that you have to overcome, but there's always a way to learn and to get what you need. I mean, certainly she didn't, I'm sure, she didn't offer you $100 for 10 minutes. I I would suspect that you proposed that to her. Is that true? Yes, I did. That's true. That's exactly true. And so that in and of itself is a great lesson because – just because there's this money hurdle, there's always a way. There's always someone that's willing to help. You just have to be creative enough and have enough passion, I think, to be able to kind of push through that roadblock.
1: Yes, that's true. And I knew that I needed to get my questions answered, and I also wanted my teacher to be invested in my success. So I didn't expect her to give me advice, you know, for free. I knew that I would have to make some investment, but... an hour was not what I could budget, but I was willing to put skin in the game. And I think that 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 was a pivotal moment for me because she opened my world up to this whole notion of coaching and the different ways that I could build out a coaching business, which is, you know, I came to do.
0: Well, you know, one of the questions that we received in advance of the show today, it's a common question, and it really – I'm going to try to paraphrase because there's a bunch of questions that all seem to ask the same thing. And basically what it comes down to is that a lot of people have ideas and dreams, but they don't really know what to do with it next. And coaching and counseling, that's one of those areas where a lot of people have individual talents, yet they don't know how to take that individual ability and make a business out of it. And that's exactly what you did. So, for those yeah. people out there that you know, are lacking in confidence and they don't understand, how can I take information that I have? Who's going to listen to me? What makes me special? Why would anybody pay me for information? Those are the types of questions. How would you respond to those, those questions, the people that are feeling that way?
1: Oh, that's a great question because I hear that all the time with, you know, with my clients. Um, and for me, what I did was I created, you know, five to ten top-of-mind problems for the women that I serve. So, you know, I was working mostly with moms um, who were just struggling with trying to find time for themselves and their own lives and their own dreams. And so I literally had gone to uh, – I belonged to a mom group. And these moms said the same things over and over again. I don't have time to do anything for myself. Um, my husband isn't really supporting me. I have no idea what my past is. The same things over and over again. And I literally wrote down the five to ten top top of mind questions that they had. And I came up with solutions for them um, based on what I knew were myself. And that was how I started. I literally started by solving problems that people had out there through a course, through workshops, and it wasn't, you know, nothing was perfect. It was perfectly imperfect, and from that I realized that I was on to something really amazing and that I was able to really fill a niche in my industry by supporting moms and solving those types of problems.
0: So for those people out there that lack that confidence and they say to themselves, you know, I've got information, but I, who's going to pay me? I'm not good enough. What, I don't know enough. What do you say to them?
1: Well, I'm going to say when I first started, I, I felt exactly like them. I didn't charge enough for my expertise, but over time I did because I could see the transformation I was providing to my demographic. And I would say to any of you that are out there that are letting people pick your brain or um, that you find that you're the person always giving great advice and, and, and people are telling you over and over again, you've got something really magical. It's really simple to create a product, whether you're going to provide that product online, whether you can provide it via a workshop and have people come and solve those particular issues, I would just say, just start. Even if it's that you're starting with $25 a person for, you know, for a group session of some sort or a group class, just start and record every single thing that you do. Because the, the turning point for me really was when I understood that I am product. I didn't understand that, and most of us do not. Who are in the training, coaching, teaching space? I didn't, I knew I was a trainer. I didn't realize the value of recording everything that I did and that all of the amazing things that I could do by taking my content, transcribing my content, creating CDs with my content. It was things that I just organically knew how to teach that I took for granted. And the moment that I began to understand that I am product, I, I knew instantly how to monetize my gift. And I think that is usually the struggle for people who are in that soft skills or information space is a lot of times they don't realize that you are product. You've got to Take that, whatever you're saying, record what you're saying, and, you know, you could send it off to Fiverr, for example, um, outsourcing, and, you know, create a CD or get a transcript of it or create an e-course from what you're saying. When you start understanding that you can create amazing product and people will buy that from you because you're solving their problems, get it a game changer.
0: Oh, and that's very good advice. Now, that brings me to the next question, which is how does a mom who is overwhelmed with taking care of one or more children and running a household and you know you've got a husband that works or you're a single mom and you work how do you find the time to create content i mean you're an author you've written best selling books how do does a mom find the time to do what needs to be done because when you are this this informational product In order to get your information monetized, you've got to do certain things. You have to create content. You have to create a website. You have to create something that people want to invest in, whether it's, like you said, a training seminar or a book. How does a busy, busy mom start doing that? Because that's overwhelming to so many.
1: So, you know, I have a very unique story, Peter, um, which is, you know, in addition to having three children, um, when I started my business, my children, they're, my kids currently are 17, 13, and 10 years old. I started my business about 12 years ago. So I had, you know, a one-year-old, a three-year-old, and a seven-year-old. So my children were very young. And my husband was a dialysis t- patient because of his kidney. He got a kidney transplant last year. Okay. And so time... Had no time. My kids were young. Husband was on dialysis, 15 to 18 hours a week. And so, what I teach moms and what I did myself was I created systems to be productive. So I built my business literally in the initial years, four to six hours a week for about five years. The first five years of my business, four to six hours a week I dedicated to growing my business, and that was all I had. I didn't have. 40 hours, I didn't have 20 hours, and I focused specifically on building what I call time-rich models, because I didn't have a lot of time to service my clients, so most of the programs and products that I created from the comfort of my home, and 9 o'clock at night is when I do most of my coaching programs, were group coaching programs, so that I could be one to many. Um, I never built my model from running from one place to the next place as a speaker, although I speak now, you know, frequently, and, and I enjoy that. The vast majority of business that I built, I built it online, and I built it from the comfort of my home, and that's what I love to teach other women how to do because a lot of times when we learn what to do or we think about what to do, we're thinking about um, creating a business based on our ability to perform. I created a business that was that I could tape, I could record, and that even without me physically showing up, I could still generate revenue via passive streams of income by creating content during that four to six hours a week, um, you know, at at home when it was good or from the library, which is what I did a great deal. I would go to the library three hours a week, a night, um, so that I, when my kids went down to go to sleep, so I could finish my book. And that's how I did it. I couldn't do it at home. So I show moms that you have to work with what you – Whatever you out, you just have to work with it, and you don't need a whole lot of time to build an amazing business because I did not have that. I just had four to six hours a week initially to grow my business. And even today, all of my coaching programs, I coach moms still at night at 9 o'clock p.m., and it's me, one to many. I do very little one-to-one coaching with clients unless I'm flying to someone's home um, and supporting them with, you know, building life systems um, for, for their families.
0: Well that's I mean that's a great point. You know, you you answered the question that so many people have, which is, you know, how much time do I need? And there are so many people out there that I've spoken to on this program and some of our other programs, and the advice that they give is if you don't have 20 to 40 hours a week to put into your business, it's going to fail and you need to have all that time. And that's just not true and certainly not true in today's internet age. So if you had three to four hours a night, maybe there's a mom out there that has one to two hours a night, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it with the time that you have.
1: That's right.
0: You know, and that's, that's important. That's exactly
1: right. And I, yeah, it's, it's really important. And I've coached hundreds of moms, specifically mom entrepreneurs. And what I show them is exactly that, that you only need four to six hours a week. I didn't even have three hours a night because... I didn't have that. I only had sometimes an hour and a half. But when I was working on my business, I was working on my business. And, um, and and the other thing that I will say that is very important when you're a busy mom is understanding you can't do it alone. And I really leveraged outsourcing, um, learning how to build systems so that I could um, have other support um, to get things done in my business. Meaning to build the website or to um, you know, have a virtual assistant, which is a lot of times we think whenever we're going to get support, it's going to be really expensive. But what I have learned is how to outsource and literally get people to do all kinds of amazing things for me for a fraction of the cost systematically in my business. And that was the way that I was able to grow my business. And, you know, I'll give a quick example. I have a virtual assistant that um, they are out of the Philippines. They've been with me for five years, and I pay them $100 a week for 40 hours a week. Uh, of work, and a lot of my clients initially have heard of or don't understand the power of using outsourcing, but it's a really great tool for any entrepreneur, and especially if you are a busy mom.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I think that people often, and we've talked about this on the program, because I, I think there's this negative connotation that people... Um, give to the term outsourcing, I think that in the 80s and 90s, you think of outsourcing as taking American products and sending them overseas. And, and there's still that negative connotation, but not in today's world, because outsourcing is a way to really be able to afford to create anything that you want, to find people that have other skill sets that you don't have. And it's not that negative thing that, that we used to think it, it was.
1: That's right. I mean, my team is a very diverse team. I have Americans who are on my team, and then I have an international team as well. And it has has been a game changer for me as a busy mom who initially was on a fixed budget, and I couldn't afford, you know, to have a lot of support to get things done. I have great websites. I mean, you know, any of my websites. I've never spent over $500 for my websites. And I'm really proud about that. And, um, and I think what a lot of people forget is that there are a lot of companies that you may work with locally and they are outsourcing the work and all you're paying for is the upcharge. So, you know, it's one of the things, it's one of the tools that I do teach moms how to do because you can't do it all, you know, and it's all about doing less well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm gonna give you a scenario that I want you to help me work yeah. through because this is a real world scenario. And, and this was something that happened to someone who had um, been a mom and was creating a business. And I want to kind of learn from their mistakes and, and get your input. So here's what happened. So this particular mom was very eager to start a business. And it was an online business where she was going to be offering certain services. And it was in a relatively competitive market. There were other companies out there that were doing the same thing. And she went out and she had a budget. She had a lot more money than most of us do when they start their entrepreneurial journey. And she immediately went to some of these large houses who were going to charge her $200,000 to create a website. And there was all this, this meeting time that you didn't know what it meant. And so, long story short, she ended up going with somebody cheaper, buying a a, uh, a website, and having it developed for somewhere around twenty-five thousand, which I still think is a lot of money. She put her heart and soul into this business. She did it full time. She, you know, really focused on on everything, and it failed. And you know, she. Came back and said, I don't understand. I spent all this money. I had people writing content for me. I had people building websites for me. But now I've run through all of my money and my business just nothing came of it. W- why? Now I know that it's a very difficult question to answer because we don't know the specifics, you know, what she was doing. But I'm sure that you see things like this all the time where someone says, I put so much money into something and it didn't pan out. Do you have some advice for people that are in that situation where people saying to themselves, I mean, you just said you haven't paid more than $500 for a website and your websites are professional and wonderful. And here you've got somebody dropping 25,000 for a website. What would you say to somebody who comes to you before they get themselves into that situation and says, here's what I'm going to do?
1: Well, I see this all the time. A lot of times when my clients first come to me, they are focused on what they believe the brand needs to be, what it needs to look like, Um, and that is not the key component to making money in your business. Um, What I always tell my clients is it's not about the flash. It's about the cash, okay? Um, And I think that that is so important for um, newer entrepreneurs to understand. It's not... What the perception of what it is is it is really um, who your products and services are for, and I get all of my clients to start first with a target market exercise um, because when whenever you're creating a product, and I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make. Whenever we create products, we think initially that our products and services are for everyone, and they're not. They're for a certain demographic, and what I like my clients to do first is to get clear about who are you. Trading your products and services for? Who are they for? What are their ages? What is their income? Their habits and their interests? Do they have a dog? Do they have How many children do they have? Are they single? Are they married? What's their annual income? What kind of places do they like to go for fun? What do they like to do for vacation? The more we know about that target demographic, I would rather my clients spend the time building out amazing content that solves the top-of-mind problems for their target audience and to spend money on advertising, not even a slick website, really. You can use a squeeze page, which is a one or two page, um, you know, web presence to direct people and buy some ad traffic for the specific people that your target market is for and to be able to monetize your product right away. And the reason that I say this is because the game changer for me in my business, you're not in business if you're not monetizing. I don't care what your website looks like. I don't care what your brand name looks like. I don't care how many great photographs you have on your site. It is, if you're in business, business is about transactions. Okay. Um, and if you don't have those, then you're not really in business, right? You've got an expensive hobby. Right. Um, and so one of the game changers for me was I wrote an ebook, which was about how to deal with um, tough in-law situations, what what happens if you never get along with your in-laws, okay, and how to overcome that. And I sold the e-book um, for fourteen ninety nine and ended up selling like 80000 of the, the, the e-book online. And I knew that, and it was just from a squeeze page. There was nothing fancy about it. There was nothing sexy about it. It wasn't, you know, so I think that getting entrepreneurs to understand that to make money, you don't need the gloss. What you actually need to know is who this, this product is for, and you need to market. I would have rather her take $25,000 and, and take a part of that and use it for marketing her um, ads for a great squeeze, squeeze page for a product to get some cash running through her business before she spent all of that out, you know, the, um, on, a, you know, on a website that you don't even know who it's for. And right. I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do.
0: You know, and that's what I think someone like yourself can bring to the table for people that don't know what to do, especially moms, because, you know, the same way that you sought out someone to help you, you're there to help people answer some of those questions when, you know, they're faced with a a decision. What do I do? And I think that whether it's you or someone else i think that moms and and entrepreneurs in general have to realize that there's always somebody that knows more that's been there that has some information and if you're really looking to succeed you should seek those people out and and ask them for help and i would imagine that you know a lot of people come to you having been frustrated and then they meet with you and you know you say a few things you show them a few ways And all of a sudden, it's like the floodgates open, and they've become successful. That's
1: right. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, one of the things that I teach my clients is that anyone can teach you the what, okay? So meaning I was a professional trainer, okay, and I'm a professional trainer. So I could teach the what. Let's say there was the latest computer programming coming into, you know, into our office. I could read the manual and teach you the what. This is what it is. This is, um, this is what you need to do. But the how-to the only people that can teach you a how-to are people who have actually made things happen. So whenever I was trying to answer questions about, you know, a computer program, if I had not used the program, I could not answer the how-to. And I think this is so important when people are, you know, investing in mentors or coaches or, or their teachers, you need to make sure that the people who are giving you advice teach you the how-to. And uh, it's, it's really difficult because I think a lot of times we mistake the what, For the how-to. But there is a difference. How-to, once you understand that, it puts you in a position to be able to implement what you have learned. And that is how you change your business. You have to be able to implement the things that you are learning in order to see change in your business. If you know the what and you don't know how to do it still, then nothing changes, right? So. You know, you may know what outsourcing is, but if you don't know how to do it, you know, how do you hire a vendor? How do you price a job? How do you, you know, protect your intellectual property when you're doing it? Then, you know, you still don't know what you need to know in order to have success.
0: That's right. And, you know, one pitfall that I... I Come across when when people you know come to me and they they have these questions that that they want to ask um, about business and entrepreneurship. One of the things that frustrates me is that there are people out there who are pushing passive income programs, but when you really yeah. peel through the skin, you realize that it's just a means for them to sell their own product. And there's a difference between going to someone who is really going to help you and someone else who is just sort of, I like to equate it to a magazine article. You're not going to get the full story from a magazine article. You need to get a book. You need to get something that's more in depth. You know, magazine articles give you that surface information, not enough to do anything with. And that's what some of these people out there that are pushing passive income do. They give you just enough to get you hooked And then they don't actually follow through with information that helps you. And I think that that is a pitfall that a lot of people fall into. They'll go that route and then they'll say, oh, wait a minute, what did I actually learn? And that's what's different about you because I think you're giving people the how do you do this as opposed to just here's some good, you know, things to think about.
1: And, you know, thank you so much for that. And, you know, said that one of the things that I think you should always ask for, um, you should always be able to have proof. I mean, you should be able to talk to people. I mean, if, you know, if you're working with someone and they say that you know, they've supported authors, you should be able to talk to the authors. Um, and I think a lot of times we don't do our due diligence as entrepreneurs. We buy our fears. Um, often, you know, and if someone's really great in marketing to your fears and insecurities, we buy those things because we want to feel better. But at the end of the day, it's not about that. It's really about understanding the how-to because if you understand the how-to, then you are going to be able to implement. If you only know the what, then you have to keep being strung on for the next best thing, you know, right. so. Um, and that's you know, that's what I tell all my clients. At the end of the day, if you don't know how to outsource I mean I, I didn't do a good job, if you don't understand how to build and position yourself as an expert in the media, then you know, if you don't know how to do that, meaning you're not getting media, then something is missed from what I'm teaching you. And you guys should be able to see that, which we have been able to see it over and over again. So
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, what you're saying about you know, looking at what you're doing not just continuing to do what you're doing that's not producing results is, is really an important tip. I think that you have to be able to look honestly at what you're doing, what, what your success level is. And if you get to that point where, okay, I, I, I've done all this and now I'm not getting anywhere, then I think you need to seek out help because maybe something that someone will say to you will just be a game changer, and and sometimes it's one or two small pieces of information that can help you take your your business to the next level.
1: So you know, I have a quick story. Um, one of my clients, um, Alex, in the, the Coremont Coaching Program, she um, creates products for kids who college kids who or their college age kids, college bound, who are interested in getting into Ivy. Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Georgetown. She has an incredible track record at helping kids through the application process to give these schools everything that they need in order for them to put in the best application. And a lot of her kids have gone and do great things. When she came to me, she was selling her product for $49. And couldn't figure out why it wasn't selling, although she had a track record. She had all of these kids that she had supported for free to get into these Ivy League schools. And what I helped her to understand is what we were talking about earlier is that your target market cannot even find you based on your price. That you're talking about families who are about to spend $30,000 or more for their kids to go to an Ivy League school. And you're selling your product for $49 these families are likely investors in tutoring, private tutoring, at least $3,000 a year. They can't even buy a textbook for $49. So because her price is so low, her target didn't trust her and this is so important for people to understand is that once you understand who your products and services are for it makes it easier for you to be able to price appropriately um, and to get in front of the your target audience because you know you can go where they are anyway so we increased the price to 497 and six days later she made her first sale <laughs> at that new price right. and why at and, and she's since been able to sell it because she was able to get in front of her target market. And that is really key. Um, and a lot of times as newer entrepreneurs, we don't see the full value of what we offer. And so because we're insecure, we, you know, we lower the prices so that I hope people will come on. I'm new. But she wasn't new. She's a Georgetown graduate herself for undergrad and graduate school. She had helped all of these children, proven track record, great testimonials, And, you know, case in point, she's had success.
0: Well, you know what, I want to talk for a second about that insecurity because I think that there's every single entrepreneur at one point in their life, if not throughout their entire career, has to deal with the specter of insecurity. And, and one of the most common things that I am asked is always, you know, why would somebody take my advice why would somebody buy from me now go back to your story for a second I mean you're a mom and you've got great skills and people will stop you and say you know how do you do this how do you do that but was there a point in your life where you said to yourself I'm okay giving advice to moms in the mall but why would anyone want me to help them what do I have to offer did that ever go through your mind
1: well, I didn't even know it was a possibility. I never even heard of coaching, but I knew that I needed mentorship, okay? And this is so important. I love this question because if I were coaching myself, Peter, okay, I would probably be spinning my wheels because I'd never heard of coaching people right. online okay? I didn't know people were doing that at, at all. I didn't know people were buying advice that way. I had no idea until I, you know, met someone who was doing that online and she showed me how to build an amazing business with the same types of models. And so, this is very important because I think the blind spot for most entrepreneurs is that they are trying to coach themselves. They're trying to mentor themselves and say, I, I think I should be doing that. Or better yet, what I see a lot of times with my clients, they will They are huddled together with other entrepreneurs, their own ambition level, okay, Um, or below, let's be clear, And, and they're each trying to advise one another about what to do, and none of them know what to do, okay? So what I've said to them and what I did for myself was I always sought out my ambition level and above, okay? And so in doing that, I was able to learn things that I did not know, that I did not come up with by myself, couldn't have come up with by myself. And I, and I believe that the first step for any serious entrepreneur is for you have to have a mentor, someone that is already doing, already is the tip, right, already with having success in the area that you want to go. And the, uh, the woman that I hired, the, one of the reasons that I was really attracted to her was because she didn't have any children, but she took three months off every year uh, in a business. She had freedom. And I really wanted to be free as an entrepreneur. I wanted to own my time. I wanted to build a business with time-rich models. And she was doing that. So I didn't know, she didn't know anything about the whole mommy world because she didn't have kids, she had dogs, but she was free. And because of that, The advice that I got from her, how to build automated systems in my business, how to build passive stream of income. And for the last 10 years, I've been a full-time entrepreneur and my husband as well because of what I learned, of what my teacher taught me. I would have never even thought of this by myself.
0: So this goes back to what our parents told us when we were kids. You know, if you want to be a smart kid, hang out with the smart kids, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that simple lesson is something that we often overlook because I, I completely agree with you and I totally see people you know coming and, and asking questions about, hey, listen, I spoke to this guy who's not successful either and his idea was this and then there's this other woman that's not successful and she said this and then you've got these, these people that are floundering and pushing around ideas and I've often said to them, well, why aren't you looking for someone who – you can model because you know Tony Robbins who, who most people know uh, he's a big believer in this idea of modeling why recreate the wheel why not just model yourself after success and I, I I've said to people why don't you go to someone that knows what they're doing and the answer generally is they wouldn't want to talk to me and I don't have enough money to be able to afford them do you uh, do you get that too and I, I do
1: and I and I think that the question is, how can I afford this? What is the cost of not, of, you know, getting my questions answered? Now, for me, the cost would have been I would have been working full time, okay? I would have um, not been available to my family given the fact that my husband had a kidney transplant last year. The blessing for us was that I had to think. I never had to wonder, where do I need to be? Okay. I could be here for my family. Um, I could be available to my children as much as I needed to be because I built my my well before I was thirsty. And I think that entrepreneurs sometimes are short-sighted in their investments. You know, we were talking earlier, they're willing to make the investment for something to look slick and great because that makes them feel good. And they, instead of understanding that you know, once you understand how to fish, okay, then you will never be hungry. And I, and that was always my mentality. When I first started, I didn't have a grand website, you know. I But I had great advice for 10 minutes. I paid $100 a month, okay, but I had to sign a nine-month contract with her to do that. And I was willing to do it because I figured 10 minutes of great advice beats, you know, a hundred hours of bad advice or, you know, I didn't know anyone doing what she was doing and it really served me well. And that has been my mentality is to invest in myself. And I know for a fact, and you know this, Peter, that great entrepreneurs are the product of the the, the advice they get, the people they hang out with, the books they read, and the things they see on TV. It is their association. And they are, are willing to do the work on themselves. That's what changes entrepreneurs. That's how you go from being a, an entrepreneur that's not confident to becoming more confident, is by investing in yourself.
0: Absolutely, and I think that that is a tremendous point to make because if you don't take that time to invest in yourself, you're never going to be able to move, you could have the greatest website ever, but, but where is you, know, you the product, And if you don't take that time to invest, to learn, to grow, you're never going to succeed. And, you know, something else that you said that I thought was very interesting is that, um, you know, you said you don't need to have necessarily the slickest looking website. What you really need to have is quality content. And then the slickness can come once you've developed yourself as the product. And I think a lot of people get it in the reverse.
1: They do. Because they, they are they're stroking their insecurities, right? So when something looks shiny and great then you feel better about it. But again, it's not about that flashiness of it. It's really about understanding is this business are you able to ring your own cash register? You know, and if you're not able to do that, soon that website looking great means nothing to you. And that has always been the focus in my business is to focus on creating amazing content, um, and to build my brand one you know, one brick at a time. And you know, and the other thing I will say that I, I see a lot of newer entrepreneurs doing, and that it doesn't work, is they 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 have like five different things that they're trying to do at one time. And if you've ever gone to a networking event, you've probably experienced this. Maybe you know you you run into someone and you say, "What do you do?" And they say, "You know, I'm i uh, um, I'm a marketer." And then soon you start talking to them, and then they tell you they're a florist also, and then they're they're doing all these other things. Um, you know what? I, what I did was zone in on my genius, and I literally built it steep, you know, as the mom strategist. I started to intimately get to know my target audience and what they wanted from me and what their bigger issues were. And the more I did that, the more success I began to have because I could help more people. And I know it sounds like a cliché but it, it, because it is, but the fact of the matter is if you ever want to have success in your business, you've got to help more people. Um, and the more you know what their issues are and the more you address those issues through great products and programs and packages, the better – You're going to have success. A lot of my entrepreneurs, when they come to me, they don't have packages. They just have like an idea of something they're offering. Like, you know, you want this face, You want this. You can coach with me one-to-one. And they don't really understand the full value of pulling together their expertise, the challenges that their, their clients are having, and building out a program that they can fully value to support their target audience.
0: You know, I think that's a super, super point. And I I love what you said about zoning in on your genius because there are those people out there that say diversity, you know, diversifying your portfolio, whether you're in the stock market or an entrepreneur, is the way to go. And you see people spread themselves so thin across different sectors that they they are the old cliche, um, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. And then they wonder why they're not succeeding. Have have you dealt with that jack-of-all-trades mentality?
1: Um, well, I have, and I see it all the time with my clients. And what I teach them is that whatever the diversity that needs to exist in your business is what I call big rocks, pebbles, and sand. All right? So whenever you're creating a product, think about, you know, Apple, for example. <laughs> They've got big big rock. Is likely their, uh, their computers that they sell, right? right. Apple computers are expensive, right? 2000 dollars or more. Their pebble price might be some of the you know, the um, the the iPad okay, which might be their, you know, 300 or $400 uh, product. And their fan product might be an iPod, right, so sort of a, from $30 to $120. So they have product diversity, but it's not a lot of different products. These products complement one another. What they want to do is get you to go from one product into the next product into the next product. And, you you know, if you model the greats, really, like, you know, um, if you think about Apple if you think about Disney, they do exactly the same thing. They get you to come in at one level and and to continue to move on they don't say you know uh you know apple isn't trying to sell you also washing machines okay yeah um and 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 as an entrepreneur i love to do that i just drill down what i do is i support mom entrepreneurs with building business and life systems and i'm amazing at doing it and the fact of the matter is you know what i don't sell washing machines that's not what i do this is what do. This is my zone of genius and that is what I do. And the reason that you will have success in your business out there is if you understand what you do and what you do really well and you drill down to create different, you know, your diversity is your rocks, your high-end product, your medium product, and your sand product. And understand that you will never get wealthy selling the sand product, which is what people want to do. You know, I mean, a lot of my clients were coaches and authors and speakers, and they want to make millions of dollars selling their books. Well, it's a sand product. You need thousands of people to say yes to you in order for you to, you know, even make, you know, a little bit of money. When, in fact, when you have a big rock product, um, like a Big Rock coaching program, a group coaching program. It allows you to be able to monetize your gifts in a bigger way, and you need a lot less people to do that.
0: Right, absolutely. You know, I think that the whole ebook book um, <clears throat> craze is something that entrepreneurs don't understand, and that's why I think it's so important for people that are looking to really build a successful business to talk to people like yourself, because there are so many books out there oftentimes written by entrepreneurs that talk about, hey, you know, you can make your living off of eBooks. And, you know, you're saying that eBooks are more of a, of a sand product. They can help you build, right. They can help you build your client base. They can give you credibility. They can help you attract more people, but you're not going to make a living, unless you're a professional author, like a Stephen King, and that's what you do, you know, you that's need right. to have these other things, and it's a stepping stone, it's not the be-all. That's right, that's right,
1: and it allows you to have diversity in your product line, I mean, it's just like anything, if you're only selling one thing, and those, that dries up, then what do you do, as an entrepreneur, you really want to have, you know, a diverse product line that allows you to cater to a lot of different um you know different clients so that's what I've always done in my business, and so I have group coaching programs. I have, you know, individual coaching clients I work with, and obviously I have, you know, lower end products that I sell. I work with corporate uh, corporations, and I take my content and sell that content to corporations as well. And you know, we didn't talk about that, but you know, there's so much money on the table by just creating amazing content, and there are companies, Fortune 100 and 500 companies, that you know they will buy your amazing content. To give out as giveaways and to their target audience. Um, and it's a great way to be able to make money passively in your business.
0: Now, you know, one thing I just want to point out is that you have been featured on a lot of either high-end publications or on, on you know, news channels like CNN and CBS and NPR. And it doesn't sound to me... And maybe i'm wrong but it doesn't sound to me like you have a massive team of people behind you it seems like it's you driving the ship and then you have some people supporting you and and yeah you know people wonder how did you get yourself so you know popularized i mean you you've been on the new ricky lake show you have been you know you're an expert in this field and when you go back to your your more humble beginnings as as and I don't want to say this demeaningly but as as just a mom because it's never just a mom but from that yeah, mom to the entrepreneur that you are today you know people often wonder how did you do it without that massive team and i think that You know, the answer to the question is going to be very helpful to people because they'll realize that you don't need that entourage to help you get to where you are because you have been featured on very, very high-profile publications.
1: Thank you. Um, Well, you know, I'm I'm so glad that you said that because… Um, I don't have an agent, and I was signed to the American Now Show, shot 30 plus segments. The show's an Emmy-nominated, nationally syndicated show. I was the mom strategist on the Ricky Lake Show, making house visits, the same kind of thing. I've done a lot of TV and um, and radio, and you know, and written. And I haven't, I don't have really um, what a lot of people have—that conventionally an agent that they're working with, or a publicist that they're working with, and um, and. And it really was because what I focused on was online understanding the power of being able to market my brand online. And that's where I spent my time, my energy, and my resources was building my online presence and creating great and amazing content and not content that was hypey content. But remember, everything goes back to solving those top-of-mind problems for my target audience. And I found that by providing great and great content to my audience, when people read whatever it is that I was writing, it totally resonated with my target, you know, my target market. It totally resonated with corporations. It totally resonated with the media. Um, and because it wasn't this hype type of thing, it was really based on problem and solutions that I was providing for my target audience. And, um, and so I just want to say that to your audience, that if you believe that you need to have this team and invest in this team, people will take your money, that's for sure. But you don't need to have all of that. I used article marketing early on in my business, and I still do today, to get the word out about, you know, about me and what I, what I do. And as a result of that, I always did high-level networking. So I remember going to a networking event for women, and Eliana Huffington was the speaker at the event, and she was phenomenal. And I just walked over to her at the end and you know, introduced myself and shit what I did, and from that, was how I ended up writing for the Huffington Post. He asked me if I would write for the Huffington Post. And I think that for a lot of us, we stay small, right? We don't play big. We want big, but we play small. And I've always said, hey, you know, what I'm going to do is go and network. And with my ambition level and above, learn from some people who are doing things that I want to do. And as a result of that, it's always created different opportunities for me um, in in the same way. Um, And, from writing for the Huffington Post, I ended up getting called by the Ricky Lake Show because the article had done really well. And they, were, they loved what I had created, Mom's Lost in Motherhood, and asked me if I would do a segment, Coaching a Family Live, um, over the course of the weekend. And, of course, you know, I did that because that's what I do professionally. So I've always organically just provided great content to serve my target audience without hype. And as a result of that, Whenever I've had to show up wherever it is, then I could back it up because it wasn't something that was manufactured. It wasn't something that wasn't real. There weren't problems that I didn't know the solutions to because I teach the how to and I only I only share what I really know how to do, you know, in, in that way.
0: And you know that that you know brings me to to a final point. You're talking about great content. And oftentimes I have encountered people who said, you know what? I have people write content for me because I just want to get something out there. Content's content. But if you had done that and just had generic content, nobody would have said to you, do you want to come and write for the Huffington Post? Because what you put out was quality. It was something that, you know, was thoughtful and Reach that target audience that you were trying to write for, not something generic that you just threw out and said, here's some content.
1: That's exactly right. And what people are doing is they have those glossy websites with content that isn't solid, rock-solid content. I would rather um, to have my clients write amazing content that totally does speak to those issues that people are having and have an average website you know what I'm saying, so, so that when you see this article, you just want to share it, and you want to share it with 10 of your friends, because that is how in this day and age you become known by the time, the quality of information that you put out there. And unfortunately, when you put bad content out there, it just stays out there, right, forever. So when people are Googling you, that's how they come to know you by is the content that you're putting out there. So um, I, I, I believe in Associating with quality and and giving my clients quality and writing it, you know, writing quality pieces, and this is really important, or, you know, just like what we're doing today, which is, you know, great quality show, Um, doing quality, you know, uh, information, providing that for the target audience, so.
0: Well, Mia, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on today. I mean, the the things that you talked about, the advice that you gave, I think is going to be so helpful to our audience and to people that listen to this show later. Uh, If people are interested in learning more about you or working with you in one of your group coaching or personal sessions, what's the best way for people to contact you?
1: Um, well, the easiest way to reach out to me is uh, one of two ways, Mia, M-I-A, Redrick.com. So you can learn anything that you want to know about me there, my family, and as well as my coaching programs that I offer. Um, and then specifically, if you are a mom entrepreneur who's looking for a rock-solid coaching program that is for both your business and your life, because I don't coach any of my clients just in their business because your life informs your business. Um, check out coremomscoaching.com. That's c o r e moms m o m s coaching.com.
0: And I'll drop links to both uh, both websites in the show notes, so that if you're looking to contact Mia. You know, all you have to do is is you know click on the link and it'll take you there. Um, we have had a lot of questions come in during this live broadcast that unfortunately we weren't able to get to. So, if possible, I'd love to have you back on in the future. and Maybe we can answer some of the questions that we received during today's show.
1: Sure, I would love that.
0: Perfect, Mia. Again, I want to congratulate you on your success. I want to thank you for taking the time to share and 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 being open. And I can't say enough about the information that you provided because so many times people who have reached a level of success, they fail to understand the importance of giving back and paying it forward. And instead, you know, they just want to clam up and they don't want to tell you anything. And, and I really appreciate your honesty and openness, and I know that our audience does too. Well, I thank you
1: so much for this interview. It's great. I mean, the questions were wonderful. I've enjoyed speaking with you, Peter, and, um, and thank you so much for the thoughtful questions.
0: Love well, it. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, Mia. Sure. Bye-bye. Really can't say enough about Mia Redrick. Really a great story, a great person, add a lot of very, very valuable information that we as entrepreneurs, whether you're a mom entrepreneur or not a mom entrepreneur, so many things that we can learn from what she said. I love what she said about zone in on your genius. I think that's just such a quality statement because we do have to understand who our target audience is and then understand what we are best at. You know, those kind of things work hand in hand. I mean, you, you can't say my target audience is going to be skateboarders when you don't know how to ride a skateboard. So they go hand in hand together and you have to understand what it is that you are good at and then you find the audience that you want to attract. You know, it, it's a hand in hand thing. It, it works. I think, across the board in any profession. So, for example, you know, take a doctor, not necessarily an entrepreneurial type thing. I mean, you don't think of a doctor as an entrepreneur. Of course, if they open their own business, maybe they are. But, you know, with a doctor, you know what your area of specialty is. The same with a lawyer. You know, you're not going to to handle everything as a doctor. You're not going to be a heart surgeon and an audiologist and an anesthesiologist. You're going to pick one area where you're really, really good, and that's where you focus. And that's what makes people successful, is that sort of laser beam focus on the area in their life that they are good at. And that's exactly what Mia did. She knew she was a good mom and a good coach when it came to um, you know, certain programs and and, and and ideas. And she was able to say, wait a minute, if I'm a good trainer, if I'm a good coach and I'm really good at dealing with my children and, and juggling the um, very difficult task of being a mom, and I, I want to say from my own wife and my own experience that being a mom is a super difficult task and it is often pushed aside as not even a real job, but it is a full-time job. And it is more of a full-time job than somebody that works nine to five or nine to six, because being a mom is a 24 hour, seven day a week job. And I don't think that moms get enough credit for what they do in their daily life. And then to be able to say, I want to be a, 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 um, you know, a montrepreneur, if that sounds a mom, entrepreneur. um, and take that hour or two or three or four per week and dedicate it to building a product or a business or a company while your kids are asleep. I mean, that's just amazing, but they do it all the time. And I think that today's show really is a wonderful opportunity for people to learn from some of the things that Mia said, understand that you can't do it all on your own but yet you don't need to drop buckets of cash and and you know you've got to think and and learn from the people that have already been there. And so if you're interested in learning more about Mia, I would encourage you to check out her website. It's miaredrick.com. Again, links to her websites will be in the show notes. But a, just a tremendous wealth of information that we received today. And I hope that it helps you on your entrepreneurial journey. And I hope that it helps you, if you're a mom, realize that you can do everything that you want. You can achieve your dreams of being a mom and being an entrepreneur. You absolutely can do it. It's just a matter of understanding your limitations, the time that you have, and making the most of it, learning from those people who have been there before you, the successful people. And Mia is just a really a great, uplifting, enlightening, positive person. And that's the kind of people that you want to associate with in your life as an entrepreneur and uh, hopefully, you know you you feel the same way that I do about this interview today. I think this was a wonderful session and a really just tremendous wealth of information. So, I'd love to hear your feedback. And I want to thank all of you for the questions that you submitting during today's live broadcast. as I said during um during the show. Unfortunately, We were not able to get to those questions, but we'll have Mia back on again and she can get through some of those specific questions that you asked. And I want to thank you again for um, listening to the show, for downloading it and for subscribing on iTunes to the podcast and for uh, all of the kind words and comments that you guys have left for the show. I really, truly appreciate it. That you know, interaction between you and me allows us to create and to bring on better guests and better content for you to give you the answers to the questions that you need answered so that you can be successful in business and in life. And I encourage you to share this episode with your colleagues and friends and family, uh, other entrepreneurs that, you know, and encourage them to check out utlradio.com to see what other information we have available to you and what you can learn from the entrepreneurs that we're speaking with who have made it, who have been successful consistently over a number of years. So encourage you, to check that out, utlradio.com, and please let people know about us. Please spread the word so that people can take the information that we are learning from entrepreneurs and use it themselves to make them better entrepreneurs, to make their lives better, uh, both personally and professionally. So I want to thank everybody again for your support and for listening to the show and for... uh, participating and, and and being part of the utlradio.com family. That's going to do it for today. This was episode 178 with guest Mia Redrick. I want to thank everyone again, and remember that there's power in understanding the law.